Good morning. You listen to FloorDaily.net, and I'm Kim Parr. I'm in Washington, D.C. at the Carpet One Winter Convention, and I'm with John Gilbert, the president of Carpet One. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kim. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for giving me this opportunity to tell a little bit more about the guy who's now leading Carpet One. You have a, a background in mostly the restaurant business, and you have a marketing background. You've been CMO, chief marketing officer for several big companies. I think your career finally led you kind of to be with Friday's and with Kentucky Fried Chicken and TJ Maxx. So you say in your introduction today to the members that you're in the third stage of your career. Did I hit some of the high notes there? Yeah, you did. Yeah, my background is um, brand building, fundamentally. I think the third stage of my career is really around helping others get results, helping others do as much as they can do or be as much as they want to be or, or frankly enabling them to do what they want to do with their lives and sometimes even doing more than what they think they can do. And I think, as I told the uh, members today at Carpet One, it's the most satisfying thing I've done in my career is helping others achieve more than they hoped that they could on their own. And so as part of my sort of transition into the Carpet One co-op, my first real experience with a co-op, that's been kind of a big motivator for me is to help our members be more of who they want to be in their communities. Mm-hmm. I think when people first heard about John Gilbert, the guy coming in to take this role, which, you know, Eric Demery had for many years, I guess a few of them rolled their eyes to say, oh, God, doesn't have any flooring experience. <laughs> but, you know, when I hear you talk now and hear some of the things you're going to be focused on, that might be good. You might be able to break through some paradigms because you're not in the business. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's true. First of all, I have zero flooring industry experience other than as a consumer. I've got floors in my homes. But what's fascinating is I wasn't looking for this role. In fact, um, I wasn't really looking for any job. I had started my retirement and doing a little consulting. And I got a contact from a recruiter who was working with Howard and Rick and Carpet One and sort of started talking about the job. And I said, the first thing I said is, guys, you've you've obviously got the wrong person. I'm a consumer marketing person. I've got retail and restaurant experience and a little e-commerce experience and virtually no home-oriented experience. And that's exactly what they were looking for. And so, you know, the conversation progressed from there, and it became pretty clear that there is an abundance of flooring experience in this room today. And when I was talking to the members and a thousand people in the room, probably on average each with 20 or 30 years of experience individually, you know, that, that adds up to be a lot of flooring experience. So quite frankly, one more person bringing flooring experience wouldn't probably be that additive to the overall experience in the room, whereas somebody who has a significantly different background, in my case, you know, consumer marketing and leading turnaround situations as a CEO, that's very different. And so I think that's probably a complementary skill set. I have to learn about the flooring business. It's not enough to come in and and work with owner-operators and not know anything. So there are things I have to learn. But frankly, those are learnable, and they'll be fairly learnable in a fairly short amount of time. Uh, But then the stuff that's hard is, you know, what's going on with consumers and how are consumers thinking about their worlds and how are consumers interacting with brands today and in the future? That's kind of tough to learn. So I've got a head start on that stuff. A bit more background. You, you told me one of your first jobs was with IBM selling typewriters. So that in itself, the Selectric, I mean, that dates you. you. And you kept talking to about 40, 40 years of experience, career yeah. experience. And you've been what they call C-suite 
jobs, CMO, CEO, a lot of different companies. So like you say, you don't need to work. And so I think it's neat that we have a thinker like you that's in this business. I also need to point out, just looking at you, you look like you're in great shape. So uh, it it looks like... Purely genes. No, I do work out. My wife is a tremendous athlete, and frankly, to keep up with her... I have to work out quite a bit, otherwise I'll be left far in the dust. So I do a lot to try and maintain and manage a work-life balance. We have a small farm in Vermont. Uh, that is a very physical activity and all kinds of things you can imagine that go with farming. And the way we do it is purely fruit trees. We don't, we're not there full-time, so we can't have livestock and that sort of thing. You know, that's a very big part of our lives. And the good news is it's about an hour and a half from the corporate office in New Hampshire. So it works out great. One of the things you pointed out, and I'd like to get into a couple of your messages, is that we really are at maybe a pivot point when we start thinking about the consumer. You were talking about the example of Anheuser-Busch and the four taps on the kegs and, you know, the, the three television stations that we used to have. And now now we've got to micro beers and, and how you're having a lot of success with the small companies. And, you know, there's been a consolidation in this business, and, and now you're saying, you know, maybe we're starting to see a turn in, yeah. uh, for strengths there? Oh, no question, Kemp. I mean, I built my career on big brand marketing. I've, I was a CMO for Kentucky Fried Chicken. I probably had $300 million a year that I can spend. And CMO for TGI Fridays and TJX, which is TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, global company doing you know, probably $40 billion a year in sales. So I grew up in the sort of big brand marketing space and frankly has seen the transition it's occurring and has been occurring for probably a decade, maybe, and I call it fragmentation. I'm sure there are better words for it, or better descriptions of it, but it's about big things being broken into little things, and you see it repeated category after category. I was just reading something last week where there are more independent local specialist coffee retailers in America, coffee shops, independent than there were when Starbucks started. So there's something going on, and I think it's that the Internet has kind of leveled the playing field in terms of access to small brands. And so that's been a tremendous sort of disruptor to the big brands. So you, you mentioned a couple of things you're going to focus on the first year, and I've got five here. One's digital, two's people, three's product, four is local, and five is do it now, don't wait, yeah. right? yeah. Let's start with the last one because I think what happens is people in these kind of events, I've been to conventions a lot in my career, and I've been a participant and a witness, so on both sides of the stage, if you will. And I think what happens is people hear things at a convention and they think, okay, I can't wait till that comes to my store. And the reality is is our business is 24-7 right now. So we have customers at our stores today while we're out here. And my message there is simply when you get back to your stores, there's a dozen things you're going to learn here today and tomorrow at our convention. You need to implement those tomorrow. It it isn't about waiting. We're going to tell you, we're going to tell our members that if they respond to a lead within five minutes, it's a 300% higher chance of converting that lead to a sale than if they responded to that lead after 15 minutes. So even that data alone means to me as an operator, I would go back to my stores and say, okay, team, here's what we're going to do. Every single phone call, every single email, every single form lead we get, we're going to respond within five minutes. And if we do that for a week, I'm going to take everybody out to dinner or whatever the incentive is. But to get the right behaviors now rather than waiting. Going to the top, digital, our future as a business is inherently digital. 
and we're obviously local. And so where we can excel as a brand and as a company is by fusing those two things together in unique and creative ways that, frankly, I don't know what they are today, so we're going to have to find our way forward. But there's a blending or a fusion of the sort of digital local experience. On the people front, it's very simple. We need to make the salespeople the sort of hero of our story. It isn't the new CEO, John Gilbert. It isn't really the owner-operators. It's the salespeople, the people who are interacting with our customers every day, front and center. The, probably the first point of welcome is with a sales pro. And so what do we do to help our sales pros succeed today? We don't really have to wait. And there's a number of tools we talked about in a breakout session that really allow our sales pros to be the hero of our story. The idea of local, what I think is really important is for people to understand that we have tools today that enable our members to be more connected with their local communities, particularly the professional side. So we call it Main Street Commercial. But it's a whole series of tools and characteristics and methods of connecting with the local lawyer, accountant, dentist, doctor, to create sales, but then also to create brand advocates for Carpet One at at the local level. So those are the big themes we sort of closed with today. I'm sure you've been here long enough now to know that many of these Carpet One stores are third and fourth generation. And you start thinking, I mean, it's almost the salt of the earth, the engine that drives the business in this country. It's what makes the USA who they are. You know, we've got threats. We've got floor and decor. We've got home centers. Mm -hmm. What's your long-term take? You think this is going to be a viable way of selling flooring for many years to come? I do. I I took the job for a couple reasons. One is that I wanted to feel like I was working with somebody rather than for somebody, and a co-op is inherently with somebody. The second one is really around my vision or insight into where the business is headed, I think. Now, these good things aren't going to happen to us. We're not going to be the recipients of sort of the universal goodwill. We have to work hard, but I believe that we're well-positioned as local Main Street retailers in the communities across America and Canada and Australia they give us a, a leg up, or let's say it this way, we have a head start on any competitor who wants to get ahead of us in our relationship with the local community. Why? We're already there. So the, the reality is as long as we preserve the advantage we have and really, quite frankly, capitalize on it and maybe dimensionalize it in new ways for local customers, we'll be able to stay ahead and, frankly, turn that advantage into a lasting competitive advantage. I met with our next-gen group last night, which is the second or third generation of Carpet One owners that have been involved in the business since they were kids and are now taking the business over from their parents. And there's so much energy and so much vision and so much intellect and so much industry knowledge in that group that I'm quite convinced that if we work together using the ideas and insights that this group of smart young people bring to the market, we're going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. All right, John. Well, welcome to the business, and thanks for spending some time with me and my listeners. Again, we've been talking to John Gilbert, the president of Carpet One, and you've been listening to Kempar and